Wine Monk, Arizona Wine Podcast by Cody Vladimir Burkett. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Arizona Wine Monk, Cody Vladimir Burkett, and Jason Monaco at Passion Cellars. Hello. We are here to talk about blending while we work on Passion Cellars' potential new white blends for the next bottling. Okay, what we have here is some Malmsey Bianca, Sauvignon Blanc, Viognier, and some Chenin Blanc. Now, just a first taste of each of these. It appears to me that the Chenin and the Malmsey Bianca probably need a little bit of acid, which may come from the Sauvignon Blanc. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, we're going to do some acid trials as well. The Viognier, I think, is already well-structured, may need some oak, and we're running that experiment as we speak. But we'll also throw it in some blends and see what, what we come up with. So the idea behind blending is to kind of bring in aspects of one wine into another wine, combine them into a whole, correct? Yes, hopefully the uh, some of the parts worth are uh, greater than, uh, or whatever I'm trying to say. Okay, so let's do those. Let's start with the lightest, which would be the Shannon, and right. we'll, uh, we'll try to uh, make it better. Okay. So, how much are we going to pour into this little beaker here? I'd like to do... Actually, you know, it's not... The acid's not too bad on it, but I'd like to see what 5% Sauvignon Blanc does. All right, well, let's walk me through it. Okay, so lots of different sizes of measurements here. We don't have a huge sample, so we want to kind of just do a small experiment. We need lots of uh, paper towels. This is going to get messy. Okay, so the Shannon, let's do, if we're doing 5%, we can get 20 milliliters out of this. So we'll do um, 19 and a half. So we're pouring it into this other container here. Yep, so the bulk of the blend, 90% is in. Now, that's the tricky part, this is such a small amount. One milliliter of sodium log. Okay. Grab another glass. So how did you get into the wine industry? Well, I think like most people, I love wine and have loved it for a while. But uh, a generation ago, not my parents, but their parents, both sides of the family were uh, winemakers. And uh, everyone's from Italy, so they have their strong opinions on wine. <laughs> and rightfully so. Yeah, and I grew up drinking it, learning about it. Not so much in the technical sense, like uh, commercial winemakers, but kind of just that uh, feel for wine and what what goes well with foods and that sort of thing. And how they made wine versus how we're making it now is definitely different, but it uh, sparked that interest. Okay, so here's our blend. Hmm. Now go back to the original Shannon. Yeah, I think it's I think it's headed in the right direction. Mr. Wine Monk, what do you think? It's definitely a lot more complex. You get, instead of um, the sharp citrus that's really, really prevalent in the Shannon, I'm also getting a lot of apple and stone fruit notes, which seem to be imported from the Sauvignon Blanc since they weren't there before. It makes it much more interesting. I think uh, it's a better one in, in terms of flavor, I think. 
it's it's got this really great flavor profile. I agree. It's it's definitely bringing a lot more to the table. As here's the constraints that we have. It, it isn't simply we can sit here and be artistic about hey let's blend these things together and and it's a great wine. That ultimately is what we're going to do. But you have to keep in mind, and that's why I want you to go now to the Sauvignon Blanc by itself and and make sure that these two wines aren't too similar because at the end of the day, we have to sell them all, yeah. so we have to serve them all, and if they're all starting to taste the same, there's a problem. So even 5% is amazing what a note can do to a wine, and then all of a sudden, they all start to, to taste the same. To me, the two are definitely very different. Along with the apple notes that I mentioned before, and also getting in this Sauvignon Blanc, a vanilla sort of spice, even a little bit of smoke almost. The vanilla and the smoke are not present in the blend that we just made. Good. So I think they're different enough. Where's our blend? There's our blend. Right. I really like that. Um, but now I'm curious what a little more Sauvignon Blanc is going to do to it. All right. Let's go up to 10%. Just 10? You know, not this blend goes up to 11. <laughs> That'll be next. <laughs> this is viticulture. This is empty. Yes. Alright. Now two milliliters. Got more outside of the beaker than Alright. How did you get into the Arizona industry specifically? Well, um, I guess the, the short version. Uh, after 2008-2009, a lot of changes in the world, financial changes and that sort of thing, I started thinking, well, you know what, I really have a love of wine. And instead of just trying to get, you know, work jobs, start businesses, and whatever for money's sake or whatever's sake, I decided, you know what, I just want to do something that I love, something that I'll get excited about every day, and this was it. I really thought that I would probably just go and work for a winery, maybe go to California, and I just happened to stumble upon uh, uh, one of the Arizona, what did it used to be called, Arizona Wines and Vines? I think so, yeah. Magazine, and, and I knew that Arizona was making wine, but I hadn't had it for over a decade, and I wasn't thrilled back then. You know, I didn't give it that much of a chance. Uh, and then, you know, I, uh, I saw those, saw all the different wineries that were around, and I just, in probably within two weeks, I hit every single winery in the state that had a tasting room. And just loved it. Met a lot of great people, and thought, this is it. You know, it's kind of one of those screw California things, and uh, <laughs> decided to jump in here, and uh, here we are. Well, I've always joked that Arizona's kind of the center of the Occupy Napa movement in terms of <laughs> drinking local and doing wines locally because in, I've started to drink wines from across the different states just kind of yeah. for fun. And I feel like the only ones that really have that complexity um, other than Arizona and Washington, obviously, mm -hmm. New Mexico and that's it. I mean, I'm not familiar with all the other states, but I haven't been thrilled with what I've had from Texas. Stuff I've had from Kansas and Missouri is great, but that's different grapes that won't grow here, for example. So, yeah. 
And when I was in Massachusetts, the lines there were abysmal. Concord. Well, Arizona's exciting because, you know, there's so many people that are experimenting with so many different grapes. So it, unlike California, if you're not, you know, if you're in Northern California, you're not making cab, you're probably not making any money. Here, you can try anything you want. People are open-minded to it. See what works best. All right, that's 10%, so I'm going to Saw one characteristics that are coming down. It's like biting into a really nice, slightly sour green apple. The acidity is still very crisp. Um, and that strong fruit note is coming out. And it's been maybe a little bit of lemon drizzle or lemon zest there too from the Shannon. Good acid backbone to it still, though it's losing a little bit. I almost prefer just the 5%. Yeah, I mean, this is a great drinker, but in terms of complexity, this is less complex than the 5%, I feel. Yeah, let's make note of that. Um, okay, so today's exercise is going to be about getting kind of our target identified. We're not going to get down because 6% may be better than 5 Yeah, um, but it gives us a ballpark. Yes, so we know where we're heading with this. We can always tell a uh, wine's going to be good if I'm constantly... Just you know, find myself just pouring it, you know, <laughs> sipping away. And that could be our new uh, Jerome White this year, too. Yeah, that's. I like to do Shannon based and then Jerome White. Um, what we blend it with is, is always an option. First one was Malasi Bianca, 15%, really nice. And we liked our Shannon so much last year, we did 100% Shannon. This year, I, I believe it's going to be Sauvignon Blanc. Have we tried it with Malvasia yet? Uh, I did just a basic eyeball blend and did not like it, but we can go ahead and do that right now. Nail all our bases. Yeah. Do you nail bases? I have no idea how baseball even works. We nail baseboards. You um, you run the bases. <laughs> oh, you steal bases. We're not going to steal anything today. Except for tastes, maybe. Let's do. Let's jump up to ten percent. Okay. Mostly because I hit the 18 milliliter mark perfectly. Can't go wrong with that. <laughs> so what have you found are the biggest challenges with making wine in Arizona? Well, for me, being fairly new to this third uh, crush, still trying to dial in uh, how long I want to, at what temperature I want to ferment at, acid additions, those sort of things. And then that kind of goes back to how the grapes are when you get them and having the experience to, to, to know what happened that year and then plan accordingly instead of just relying on numbers. Hmm. The nose is a little muted with the Malsia. Though still nice, but definitely soft. Not enough acid for me. Yeah, I'm with you on this. The Sauve Blanc and Shannon this year is a winner for sure. We'll go back to the Shannon all by itself and keep that baseline. Which isn't really bad on its own, but yeah. I, I do like it better with the Sauvignon Blanc. And I'm not going to try it with the Viognier simply because our we have a limited amount of Viognier, and I think we're where we want to be with the Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Though I think the Malvasia could help Sauvignon Blanc, which I'm not opposed to, to doing 100% Sauvignon Blanc because I, I think this is really interesting. Yeah, it's got that smoky characteristic, sort of like a smoked green chili thing. It's not as overt as the uh, 
Those of you who follow my Instagram will know that a couple nights ago I actually tried an Indian Sauvignon Blanc and it was just overwhelmingly smoky, like green chilies. That was like the predominant note throughout, like smoked green chilies and it was really strange. And this one has a little bit of that character, but much less overt, much more subtle. Yeah. Which is, again, not something for everybody. Not many people at the party, you know, they all thought it was interesting, but not so many people liked it. It was one of the few that had some wine left over the next morning. I think that's a, it's a big challenge for us in the industry that uh, when it's different, it becomes exciting, but it may not be uh, commercially viable. <laughs> well, you know, it's one thing if it's interesting, and then it's another thing if it's a good interesting, because if it's a good interesting and people like it, I think, then people will naturally go for it. Okay, let's do a 5% Malmaisier in the Sauvignon Blanc. So All right. More that gets us. So which location do you like working with or around better? Here in Wilcox or... <coughs> or Jerome? <coughs> or Jerome. Well, here's where the winemaking action is. So it's, it's a totally different ballgame. Up in Jerome is kind of the result of, of the work down here. So is it more fun up there? At times, get the quirkiness of Jerome. But down here, it's exciting to see what's developing. Seeing all the different vineyards and sharing ideas with some of the other winemakers. What do you think Wilcox is in the wine industry down here specifically is gonna be like in another 20 years? <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> People will hopefully know where we're down here by then. But <laughs> Yeah, Wilcox doesn't get the same sort of traffic as Sonoida does. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, people around Wilcox are, are starting to embrace the industry. So, things look good. 20 years, hard to predict. Five, I think there'll be a few more restaurants in the area. There'll be a lot more people making wine because you can't ignore the place anymore. Uh, it's just a matter of the infrastructure making it a destination give you the serious answer. That would be useful. <laughs> <laughs> this one's really interesting. It reminds me of like something deep fried uh, on the nose, which is makes me hungry. It's like <laughs> my first thought is like, wow, deep fried calamari, lemon zest, and smoked apple, a little bit of the green chili again. The nose is crazy on this blend. What was this? Five uh, percent Malvasian? Yeah, I think it might need it even a little more. I haven't tasted it yet, and it's still just caught up with the nose. I'm not sure fried food is what we're looking for on it. <laughs> well, Lent is over for me, so my modus operandi now is <laughs> all of the fried things. The palate is, is nice, but I think, yeah, it, it could use a little bit more acidity. So we're going to be doing... Now we're going to do 10%. Malzia. What do you think are the easiest grapes that you found to work with? Well, I think the Italian varietals seem to do really well. The numbers come in great. I like the taste. Uh, I really like uh, Sangiovese. We got our Sangiovese this year from Zarpara Vineyards and it was outstanding. So, it's easy to work with grapes like that. The Merlot from Pierce, Bodega Pierce, awesome. Even the uh, Ionico from uh, Dragoon Vineyards was really nice. The Shannon from Bowie is good. 
easy to work with. Okay, there's 10%. I like it better still. The nose, I don't know. The palate, great. And then we should be looking at something in between this, like 8%. Let's do a little bit in the air. How about that? Sounds good. No, that palate is perfect. It's got that smoked green chili, apple, crisp apple, a little bit of lychee. There's that Wilcox minerality. It's got a nice long finish. We're getting that fried note out of there? Yeah, it's called. <laughs> Say what you want. Fried food is awesome. <laughs> Though not your right. That'll be one of the pairing suggestions. Okay. Pairing this with your Kentucky Fried Chicken Picnic. Actually, that would not be a bad pairing with that. Come to think of it. What do you say to 85% Sauv Blanc, 10% Malvasia, and 5% Vignette? See what we get. Sounds good. I might have done five Malvasia, five Viognier, and then the rest Sauv Blanc. I don't know if we can try that. So, how did Passion Cellars come to be? Um, it grew out of the desert. <laughs> I don't um, this was a, uh, probably a, at least a year-long process of ideas and licensing, buying land, finding a place. So like we were, we were talking about earlier, it's, the wine business ends up being so many other things than just the wine. You know, it's yeah. So many regulations and I'm not complaining, you know, it's, it's probably all necessary. Um, finding a spot, dealing with landlords, all that sort of stuff. So yeah, a year in the making that, uh, like, like I said, California was off the table. This was exciting. Let's get involved. Let's get some land. Um, great thing about Wilcox, of course, is the price of the land. So getting involved, meeting a bunch of people. Um, I met uh, Eric Lonsky and uh, he kind of taught me about blending which we're doing, um, kind of using his techniques, and uh, snowball from there. It's been a blur since. What would you say is, the, in your opinion, your favorite one that you've made? Well, probably the Pinot Grigio. I think our, our red blend that we haven't bottled yet that we made start to finish is going to be our favorite. My favorite, sorry. Heaven's Half Acre will be, will be number one. However, blend-wise, I loved our Eidolon. So that was some, some grapes and wine made from a couple different uh, wineries that we ended up blending together, five different grapes, and I think it came out awesome. Yeah, it was pretty spectacular. Yeah, age-worthy, a lot of complexity. Now it's all gone. <laughs> Except for the small stash I have. And he doesn't share either, we've asked. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the uh, Heaven's Half Acre coming up. Heaven's Half Acre is a combination of every red we did 2013, which is uh, in Grenache, and we're going to put 5% Cabernet Sauvignon from 2014. Uh, give it a little bit of color and a little more tannic structure to it. Really nice, easy drinking good red table wine. Go well with Italian food. It's great, you know what, it's great pizza wine. Just uh, gonna sit back, casually have this. Whereas the, the Elon would have been more of a 
special occasion steak. Like I said, age-worthy, good red. I think I like the nose of this one better than the 10% Malvasian 90% Sauv Blanc. But the palate, I think, of the 10 and 90 is still better. Yeah, I think the... Uh, we'll try this next one, the 10% Malvasia and a, a little bit of Viognier and back off the Sauvignon Blanc. Well, that's what we just did with this one. This was uh, 95 and 5. The next one's going to be... Oh! Yeah, this is going to be 85 Sauvignon, 10 Malvasia. I went with your suggestion. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would call that, as I taste it a little more, a safe blend. Yeah. It's, it's a wine that no one's going to not like, but I don't think anyone's going to be wild by it. Yeah. We lost the interesting factor. With Arizona, we definitely need to keep that in. Because I, you know, and you've probably heard this whenever you've been working tasting rooms, that people come in and they're like, Arizona makes wines? Because mm -hmm. everyone is, for some reason, convinced that all of Arizona is desert. Yeah. And I don't know why that is the case when over half the state, for example, is mountains. But yeah, all you think is Phoenix if you're not from here. Okay, there's 85% Sal Blanc. And this will be the 5% Malvasia? 10% Malvasia, 5% Vignette. And then 5% Viognier. So unless you're using a spit bucket, you can occasionally uh, create more than 100%. Okay. I am getting that classic uh, cat urine uh, Sauvignon Blanc nose. Oh, um, I think they're calling it boxwood now. <laughs> From some tree in New Zealand or something. It's like, oh, this is boxwood. Really nice mouthfeel. The acid's good. Very similar to what we just did with pizzazz. However, I'm going to go back to 10%, obviously a 90% Sauvignon Blanc, and, and do a side-by-side -side with that. All right. Because I'm not sure the Vigny has given us a whole lot. And it's got that green apple palette again, which is really great. Green apple, peach, nectarine. Each a little bit of herbal notes. A little bit of smoked green chili. It's definitely better than the uh, Sauv Blanc and Viognier blend on its own, but you're right, we should taste these two side by side. Okay, so this is a 90-10 Sauv Blanc Malvasia. Yes. So how many tons did we process last year? 25 tons, 15 varietals. So what's the tentative plan for this year? Similar, maybe not as many varietals. We're gonna do, uh, because I like that Sangiovese so much, we're gonna do a lot more of that. We did two tons last year, we're gonna up that to four. We're gonna introduce Malbec this year. And uh, probably not do the Shannon, um, but I'd love to uh, substitute, substitute it with Albarino if we're able to get that. More apple. Than the 90-10? Yeah, this one has more apple. I feel like the nose of this one is a little brighter. And the nose on this one is a little fainter. Okay, I agree. The Viognier muted it a little bit on the nose. The palate of this one is more interesting, but the nose of this one is better. So it's really, what do we want to go for? Let's see. Well, this is when uh, 
we start to dial it in, maybe 2% UNA. On that 90-10, that wouldn't disappoint me at all if we had that in a, in a bottle with no VNA. Yeah. What should leave more VNA for our oak experiment and whatnot? But I agree with you, but the VNA adds some complexity on the palate. Uh, it's really nice. The leaching really comes out. But we do lose a little something in the nose, so that let's just try a tiny bit of VNA. We'll do like 2%. This is not going to be a completely accurate experiment. I just want to add a little this bit. This is a for shiggles experiment. Yes. Yeah. It's got that nose. Less than 5% is on the right track. But eliminating it, I think, would probably be a mistake. Let's make note of that. Already did. I'm thinking about 2% would be a good starting point, maybe two and a half. So we got roughly 88% solve bulk then or something of that sort. Yes. Or maybe dialing the Maldacea down 2%. Speaking of which, now we need to figure out how to make my girlfriend more awesome. My thought would be, and this is just me ballparking off the bat, 95% um, Malvasia, 5% Sauvignon Blanc. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I can't stop drinking that Viognier. That's good. <laughs> I think I still have a bottle of, no, no, I brought that to a powwow of uh, the original Frank Choked. Go City Viognier. Yeah. yeah, the French oak is nice. So right now we're, we're dealing with just stainless steel Viognier. No oak. Now all of the whites are stainless right now. Yeah. Why do you feel so many Arizona winemakers don't use oak on their whites? Is it a conscious desire to distance themselves from California or the flavor profile is better with no oak in Arizona? What is your opinion? Well, just speaking for myself, I, that would describe me. I, I want it to stand apart from what California is doing. No malolactic fermentation on whites, stainless steel. Um, though I do like a little oak on the beignet. Uh, some wines can handle it for my palate. You know, I make what I like, so that's where I would go with it. I don't do any Chardonnays, otherwise I'd probably experiment and try some different things. But we make a crisp southern... European region type of whites here. You know, they're crisper, they're, they're easy drinking. They get a lot of that tropical citrus fruits and that, those sort of, sort of things. So, you know, I, that's my opinion. I don't know what, what everyone else is, is really thinking when they're doing that, but I haven't seen anyone in the state that's mallowed any whites, but that doesn't mean it hasn't happened. You wanted to do also a little something. I'm thinking that 5% Sauv Blanc would be a good starting point. I feel like that would be better than using the Chenin when we want to avoid using the Viognier. 5% Sauvignon Blanc in the Malmaisie. Oh wow. As if that nose wasn't already great in the Malmaisie, now it's even better. They're more pronounced. You smell this from across the room, I think. It does smell. I can smell it from here across the table for sure. 
just up the aromatic dosage dramatically. Oh, wow. You got the elderflower, you've got that spice, the jasmine, uh, pronounced uh, honeydew melon, and, um, oh, I'm blanking, uh, rosemary. This may be my new favorite. <laughs> we are uh, experimenting a little bit with the acid on uh, the Molosium, so that it could change, but... Palette's definitely dramatically improved too, I feel. Try the Molosium on its own next to it. Yeah, that's just... Oh, save? Just a... I want to taste that one more time. Okay. The sacrifices I make for this company. <laughs> <laughs> if, I if I don't say something, it'll be... Gone. Down the hatch. <laughs> yes. Well, it's in the right direction. That one, this combo has excited me up more than everything else, and I was liking the other stuff as well. Okay. Should we push it, push it and take it up to 10%? Yeah, let's take it up to 10. Just to see what what's shaking. Okay. Getting greedy. Well, no, I'm just saying that if there's a way to make this better, it's what we should do. We're obligated to. Exactly. <laughs> I drink more, my pouring has gotten a little better. <laughs> well, it's like any artist. You function <laughs> better when you are, when you've had a couple drinks in you. <laughs> Cloudy. And this is going to be the opposite of the 10% Malvasia and 90% Saw Blanc that we came up earlier as a great base, too. And we decided that we should add maybe perhaps 2% uh, Viognier, too. Yeah, and these are definitely distinct from each other. There's no question. The nose, not as pronounced. It's amazing what just 5% will do. Yeah. Still nice, but yeah, no wow factor. And palette's nice, crisp. Yeah, that nose is more pear-esque and Less honeydew, less honeysuckle, less of those pronounced from all the sea characteristics. I'll definitely keep the nod on the 5%. Well, I wrote F HFS for holy shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was beautiful. Well, you know, uh, with, after the acid trials, I may not need to blend it, but I still. Yeah, the acid seems all right to me. But I, I do want to just see what it, what a little bit will do. Yeah. Even on the Shannon, where I thought it was the last I had tasted it, I thought it could use some acid. I think it might be alright. Okay. So, so what? now we're on to the Viognier and see if there's any. I, I really can't see a reason why we would blend anything into this, but let's just play around. Okay. The question I was going to ask you is. Um, what grapes are you particularly interested in growing on your own acreage, and why? Well, that's an ongoing discussion, really. I haven't committed to anything yet. Um, we're probably going to do 10 acres next year, and Sangio for sure, Malzia Bianca for sure, and then the rest is unsure. <laughs> so, uh, Ionico, I really like. I think that's going to be a, a big grape for Arizona. I'd like to do a little Tanat. You know, I'm going to play around with it, maybe a little Viognier. 
but uh, currently we have planted around the winery Corvina, Molinara, Rondinella, and experimented with uh, a little bit of Nero Diablo and see how that's going to go. So those are grapes that uh, nobody's really stuck with here. Corvina was experimented with and stopped. But we're going to see how, how we can do it. Um, for those who don't know, Corvina, Molinara, Rondinella are the Amarone grapes, Valpicellos. We'll try to do some of those winemaking techniques and see what we can get. But uh, just a small amount of it. You know, hey, if we can uh, discover something and share it with the community, then great. If not, uh, we'll press on to something else. So whatever on the 10 acres I'm going to do, stuff that I know is doing well, but then we will experiment for sure. We're going to do some stuff that uh, people will probably be like, what the heck are they, those guys doing? <laughs> and see what happens. So this is the VNA, right? VNA, yeah, try that out. So. The only thing I would consider blending with it offhand um, would be the Sauvignon Blanc. Um, maybe 5% Sauvignon Blanc and 95 Fiona. Alright, going with the monk on this. Well, the one that I came up with off my head so far was good, so I'm going to try for two for two. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> but you're right, I really feel like this Fiona would be fine just with some French oak. Yeah. I've always been pretty happy with Arizona Vignette anyway. I'll start with 5%. 5% solid blanc. Okay. The nose is nice. I'm going to try it next to the Vignette on its own. I love the nose on this. The Vignette dominates, so I'm not sure. The solid blanc has done anything to the nose. Didn't uh, take it away, which is nice. So then it's all about palate, not feel. Yeah. Which is kind of what I was thinking. The Sauvignon does come out on the on the palate. I like it. Let's see if it's as good as a VNA on its own. Mm, I don't think so. No, I'm... Yeah. <laughs> Still at the 100% VNA camp. Let's try a little... Uh, Try a little Shannon. Yeah, 50% is pretty good odds. So 95% Vignette, 5% Shannon. Actually, maybe a slight improvement on the nose. Hmm. Yeah, the nose is a little bit more open, I feel. It's not trying to hide. Still has a nice acid. It's a little more subtle, the mouthfeel and the, and the palate which I like, it tastes like it's not quite as young, but not, I'm losing a little of the wow. Again, it's heading down the safe road. Yeah. No, I think Viognier with the French oak is probably gonna be the way to go. Viognier and Malvasia would just be insane. I wouldn't even recommend it. Yeah. Although San Reckoner did do a pretty decent Fiona Melvacia blood, it was yeah. 85% Fiona, 15% Malvasia, but his Malvasia is a little bit less aromatic and more full body. So in that sense, I think it worked pretty well. Well, let's give it a shot and just see, but um, I don't think I'll want to use it just because this Malvasia happens to be New Mexican 
and I didn't want to put it in. Yeah. But if it's great, it's great, and there's going to be no denying it. So um, we're shooting for greatness here. So what's the spotting going to be? We're going to do just five percent Malasia Bianca with the Viognier. This uh, this Viognier, like the Sangiovese, came from Zarparo Vineyards. It's really, really nice. He does a good job of his fruit there. It makes our job a lot easier. Ninety-five percent Viognier, five percent Malasia. This should significantly change. Yeah. For the better, we'll see. Crush the nose, unless I'm getting palate fatigue here. It's gone compared to Viognier by itself. Really? Yeah, it's like the two canceled each other out. Yeah. I'm pretty well sold that Viognier is going to stand on its own. <clears throat> we'll. I'm curious about the oak. We're going to try medium toast oak on it, French oak, and uh, play around from there. Maybe some light. We'll see what it does. Fantastic. So one last question. Uh -huh. This is the question I ask everybody. Yes, it is a little silly. Is it yes or no? It is not yes or no. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> if you were a grape, what grape do you think you would be and why? <laughs> You've asked me this before, you would think I'd have an answer prepared. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we were all drunk at the time. I didn't expect you to remember. <laughs> well, I don't know. What would you think I was? I was actually inclined towards Viennier myself. I would say Viennier is a very, very... Uh, a gentleman who's got his put together, no, knows what he wants, you. dresses pretty snazzily. Yeah. Sub some substance, hopefully? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like them. This isn't Shannon Blanc we're talking about. I like them. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I will admit here, <coughs> for the first time that, well, I agree Shannon Blanc is a great grape for Arizona. It does taste good here. It is not one of my favorites. Um, it's... If you have any choice between Chenin Blanc and something else, I will probably go for the something else. Well, um, I will take that. I'm a Viognier and not a Chenin Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Arizona Wine Monk signing off once again with Jason DeMonico of Passion Cellars. Thank you. Welcome. Have a good day, everybody.